You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hey everybody, welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name's Ken, and I'm going to be hosting the show today. So since this is the first episode, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of background information on who we are. So we're just a couple buddies from uh, Illinois, and uh, we wanted to start a trivia podcast after uh, continuously going to our bar trivia for, um, you know, a year or so. So we just wanted to uh, do a little something on our own and and get started with this. So I just wanted to quickly introduce everybody. So I'm Ken, and uh, I'm going to be your host for today, but we do plan on switching off every week. So uh, this is Neil. Go ahead. Take it away. Hey, guys. uh, This is Neil. I'm going to be your uh, your scorekeeper today. Uh, Happy to have some listeners. If you like pub trivia or just trivia in general, I think you're going to like our show. It's friendly competition, and hopefully you guys will learn something. So thanks for joining us. And how about Jeff? Yeah, uh, I'm Jeff. Uh, I guess uh, I just recently joined the pub trivia team, but I'm super excited to be working on this podcast. I think it's a uh, you know great way to uh, help us flex our uh, our muscle come our trivia night. Uh, I'm not going to promise that we know anything on the show, uh, but you know we'll give it a go and see uh, see what happens. And Matt. Yeah, so I'll probably be asking a disproportionate amount of sports questions, uh, and I'll probably embarrass myself on some history questions. So I look forward to starting to play this game. All right, so there you have it. Uh, This is Triviality, and we look forward to podcasting to you fine folks. Okay, it's time to get started for today. Uh, Our game format consists of two rounds of 10 questions each, each question being worth 10 points. Uh, We'll have a midpoint round in which the competitor that's down can make up a little ground, and we'll explain that later. And finally, uh, we'll have a last round, which our competitors can bet up to 30 points per question uh, for five questions. And uh, we'll get the final scores and see who's the cream of the crop. So today, our competitors will be Jeff and Matt playing against each other, and Neil is going to function as a scorekeeper. Yeah, so this should be a fun game. Uh, so you guys don't know a lot about us, but Matt uh, has a specialty in sports uh, and some entertainment, and Jeff has a specialty in uh, history, geography, and science. So it should be a good battle today, and uh, with Ken as our host, there's going to be a nice variety of questions, I think. All right, so uh, today the rounds are actually going to be lightly themed. Uh, doesn't really pertain to the specific theme uh, entirely, just a little bit of stream of consciousness sort of uh, themes going into the questions today. So the first round's theme is going to be spending time at sea. Okay, getting started now. First question. In golf, a birdie is one under par. An eagle is two under. What is three under par called besides a double eagle? How well do you guys know golf terms? This was surprising to me when I looked it up, so... Do you yeah. golf, Ken? I do not golf. I haven't Usually golfed in a I can time. drive a bucket of 100 balls, and on the 100th ball, I'll get a pretty decent drive. Gentlemen, do we have our answers in? We have it, yes. I, I'm all set. All right, what do we have, um, Matt? So one under is a birdie, two under is eagle, four under is actually a condor, and three under is an albatross. Okay, and how about Jeff? So I'm glad the spelling doesn't count, but I wrote albatross. All right, looks like you guys are both correct. I thought that was a hard question, but uh, not too bad for you gentlemen. You should be a golfist. 
I thought maybe somebody would say gull or something uh-huh. like that. Like, on the okay. board right away. I like on it. On the board. All right. So next question. We're going to just roll right into it. Who wrote The Rime of the Ancient Mariner, a 1798 poem in which a mariner kills an albatross, bringing a curse on the ship? 1798? It is 1798. I despise you. Yeah, well. Good thing I'm not playing because my specialty <laughs> is 1797 Ooh, poems. Oh, that's so. a shame. Yeah. Jeff, how are we looking here? Just oh, thinking about it? Not looking good. Right. Looks like Matt is in with his answer. Yep. Using I'm just going to have to take a wild guess here. Or you have a thought? No, I have <clears throat> I have no good thoughts, so mm-hmm. I'm going to put in a completely wrong answer, I assume. Uh, unless it's right, then it was the right answer all along. All right, very well. Let's start with Jeff. So uh, I went with the maritime theme, and I picked Herman Melville, author mm-hmm. of Moby Dick. I know that's the wrong time. A little early. But... A <laughs> little early for him, but it's okay. It's okay. But I had Solid no guess. Idea. Solid guess. And there was albatross themes in Moby Dick. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I used um, the only Mariner knowledge I have, and I said Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, that's... <laughs> I'm afraid you're incorrect. Well, uh, it was Samuel uh, Taylor Coleridge nope. uh, wrote that. Not ringing a bell. To be yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know if he had a, a, as good a swing as Ken Giffey Jr. So. No, probably not. Yeah, He wasn't a lefty, so that's probably <laughs> what it was. All right, sticking with the, uh, the boat stuff. What nautical and aeronautical term represents the right side of a ship? The right side of a I, ship. I always get these two confused. You know, I do too, and I thought that's why it would make a decent question. I've got an answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same here. All right, let's start with Matt this time. So I was looking up things on ships because I was researching poop decks. and uh, As you would. <laughs> as, as happens. As one time. does. Yeah. Um, and the only like nautical term I could even think of is stern. Okay. So I know that the bow of the ship is the front and the rear of the ship, I believe, is the stern. Mm-hmm. But um, the two sides are port and starboard. And something in the back of my head told me that you should remember that port and left have the same number of letters. Mm. And you said you wanted the right side of the ship, correct? Mm -hmm, So I went starboard. All right. It is starboard. Nice work, Jeff. Worked it out. I had no idea if that was right or not. That was just, I had an association in my head and I went with it. All right. Let's talk about pirates a little bit. Not really, but kind of. Scurvy. (laughs) (laughs) Scurvy is a condition caused by lacking what specifically in one's diet? Can can you go through that one again? Because scurvy I... is a condition caused by lacking what specifically in one's diet? I was thinking the, the whole thing, just in case I was too busy laughing because oh, I thought it was funny. You're allowed to laugh, Jeff. Fair enough. Pirates are funny. They are funny. Hold Jeff on. is uh, thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Matt seems pretty confident. Neil, how about a score update really quick? Uh, so Jeff took an early lead in uh, question three uh, with uh, 20 points, and Matt is at 10 points, so close game. Okay, how are we looking there, Jeff? All right, I'm just going to I'm gonna take a stab at it. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff's writing something down. So we're going to start with Jeff on this question. So I know that scurvy can be prevented by eating, like, limes and lemons and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just went with citric acid. Okay. Mm-hmm. I put vitamin C. Okay. The answer I have down is vitamin C. Uh, what do you What do you think on that answer, Neil? I'm going to let you be the judge. You think we can take citric acid? That's a different thing. It, it is a different thing. I, I know where he was going, and he was close, but I I think so we're gonna I, s- I will do a I'll do a score update at halftime. But uh, right now, I'm going to say we just give that to Matt. Yeah. All right, we're going to give that to Matt. Yeah, I definitely yeah. had that wrong. All right, guys, it's time for question five, which we like to call our listener submitted question. If you have a good question that you'd like to send us to incorporate into the game, make sure to send us an email to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put question five. We will choose one question for each round. Oh, it's ascorbic acid is vitamin C. There you go. No, I feel stupid. That's okay. I would have given him points for vitamin R. Oh. <laughs> And you can cut that. You get no points. Oh, no, that, that is You uh, get no points in. for puns. All right, this is, this is a, uh, a very, very in-depth question about the sea here. Girl, Sailor, and Sea Legs are two songs from the 2007 album Wincing the Night Away from what indie rock group? Girl, Sailor, and Sea Legs. The album was Wincing the Night Away. 2007, 2007. indie rock group. Well, the album was 2007. Mm-hmm. 
How we how we thinking, guy? Thinking mm-hmm. mind, gentlemen. This is a fr- favorite album of mine too. A lot of concentration right now. All right. Uh, I know this is incorrect, but Ken said it's a favorite album of his, so I have submitted my answer. All right. Jeff is in, and Matt yeah. is writing. A whole bunch of stuff. All right, we're going to start with Matt on this one. Looks like both uh, contestants are in. Yeah, I don't know. This is an indie band that's written various nautical-themed songs. Uh, I just said Margo and the Nuclear So-and-Sos. Okay, solid guess. How about you, That's Jeff? much better than my guess. I went with uh, an album that I know wasn't in 2007 by what is definitely not an indie rock group, and I went with the album Jane Doe We're looking for, for a band. Okay, so we're going with Converge. That's a... He actually gave you the album. So. Did he give you the album? It was Wincing the Night Away. Oh. Well, that's uh, it's quite a brutal band, not the correct answer. band is less brutal. It's The Shins. Oh. The Shins, uh, Wincing the Night Away, 2007. All right, moving right along to the next C question. Robert Redford spent some time at sea in the film All is Lost, in which he is credited as playing what character? Hint, it is not an actual name. It's not a formal name. Do you understand the, mm-hmm. uh, the implication? Okay. This is a great film, by the way. If uh, any of the listeners are looking to watch something new and different, Robert Redford, one-man show, pretty much. Can't on a go boat. wrong with Redford. Is it on the Criterion Collection? Uh, I, I don't... Maybe in a few years. It's not old enough. Uh, 50 years or so, it might be a criterion. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on this? I have a random guess put in there. Okay. Uh, I've also put in what I assume is a random guess. This is a pretty difficult question, but uh, I thought it was interesting. So, regardless. All right, let's start with Jeff on this one. I have no rhyme or reason. I went Admiral. Mm. Admiral. I put Sea Captain. Sea Captain. Not bad guesses. However, it's a little bit more uh, ambiguous, and the name is Our Man. Our (laughs) Man. Our man. Our man. Like Redford man. R dot man? Or? R. Oh, you, no, R. Oh, belonging you, to like us. He's, he's our oh, man. Our he's man. our man. Oh, you yeah. are man. Got we it. identify with Robert him. Robert Redford is our man. He's yeah. America's man. He's America's man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How dare you. All right. How dare you. I can't think of a suitable replacement for that, though. Like, <laughs> Do you have a favorite Robert Redford movie? Mine's The Natural. That's probably that one. Yeah, I love that. Honest. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Great baseball pro- movie. No, not not The Natural. Probably uh, All is Lost. That's your favorite Redford? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, it's a good film. He used to like, uh, what was it, Last Castle? Last Castle's fun, too, with Gandolfini. It might not hold up very well, but I yeah. used to like it when Fun I guilty was pleasure. Matt, any favorite Redford movies? Uh, probably none of them, because I haven't seen any, so. That's yeah. a good answer. Jeff. No Redford movies? Jeff Sporton, the, the Redford, like, reddish beard. River today. Runs Through It, perhaps. Maybe The Sting. All the President's Men. The River Runs Through It's Brad Pitt's fourth best movie. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. All right, we'll hear this list later, hopefully, yeah. of the top, right. three. top three. I I have made up this list, and four was what I thought was a good arbitrary assignment of here's, pit movies. Here's a here's a question that has a lot to do with the sea. Within three years, what year did the Sailor Moon anime begin in Japan? In Japan. In Japan. Within three years, right? Three years. Giving you a little bit of a window here. Okay. It was a little bit more in my wheelhouse as opposed to okay. movies from 50 years ago. I mean, I also feel like anime is a strong suit, but Sailor Moon is not yeah. one of those. Well, it's nautical themed, so mm-hmm. Sailor, that's that's the connection there. Are we are we in I contestants? Get it. They're, I get they're it. more <laughs> astronauts, if I remember right, because yeah, aren't they I like totally. Sailor Jupiter have, and yeah, Sailor Mars, so. Sailor no Venus? I've never, yeah, never watched the show, but let me name all the sailors right now. I, right. Well, I just remember because I liked planets as a kid. I thought it was weird that they were named Sailor and then after a yeah. planet. Yeah. And the planeteers were not named after planets. It was a real problem. Shame. Are we in, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. in. All right, Matt, you want to start on this one? Um, so I, I know that I used to see it on in the early 90s. It was a cartoon when it was dubbed into U.S. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of times those come from shows that were probably five, six years old. So I put it down around 1986. Okay. And how about you, Jeff? So I also remember mid-90s, but I had a feeling that that one was a little bit quicker on the turnaround. So I hedged my bets, and I went 1994. Okay. Jeff's going to get points on mm-hmm. this one. It is 1992. So you're within the three. I thought that was a little difficult, so I thought three years was uh, was fair. The animation style seems more late 80s, I it think, does. when you I, watch I agree. It. I was a little surprised by how yeah. late it actually was. And I had to specify the anime because there was, of course, manga preceding it. They're so. making new versions of that now, are mm-hmm. they? Oh, uh, they are. Probably. Really? Okay. 
They're remaking everything you remember That's from your true. childhood. It so. is the nostalgia what era, is right? The, what is the saying? Everything old is new again? That's right. Never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. We're going to keep in the media section, though. What is the full name of the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie released in 2011? So it has a subtitle. want to get that they full name. They almost all have a subtitle. Bringing out the fifth one pretty soon. Should they? Who knows? Who knows? But first are. first one in the series not directed by Gore Verbinski, number four. Really? Mm. That you're questioning yet? Okay. Looks We've like got some furious writing going on here. Yeah, Matt is in. Jeff yep. is furiously writing. Well, it's a long title. They all are because yep. it's Pirates of the Caribbean. All right. Let's have it, uh, Jeff. So the only one that I could remember that wasn't the first one was Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that's an earlier one, mm. but... I put uh, Dead Man's Chest. Okay, so um, I believe the one that Jeff answered with was the third one. If it's Dead Man's Chest, I'm so mad because I crossed Chest, out... Dead Man's Chest is not the right answer, but the uh, correct <laughs> is answer is... Is it on is Stranger Tides? On Stranger Tides. Uh. Yeah, that's the fourth one, which was not received very well, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah, in order for you guys, uh, number one is The Curse of the Black Pearl, 2003, Dead Man's Chest, 2006, uh. At World's End, 2007, on Stranger Ties 2011 and the new one coming out Dead Men Tell No Tales 2017 yeah I thought the first two were pretty solid and then the uh, kind of jumped yeah. the shark a little bit you just like Jack Davenport <laughs> alright I do I do it's I great can't acting. wait for the eighth one or whatever <laughs> when Johnny Depp is a geriatric 2020 yeah. two pirate two Caribbean 29 <laughs> <laughs> alright alright uh, first of all the <laughs> <laughs> Fate of the Furious is clever enough that I will let it fly. <laughs> All right, here's a real pirate question now. What was the name of Blackbeard's flagship, which was at one point called the Concord prior to its capture? This one I feel like I should know. The name of Blackbeard's famous ship. I mean, you'd almost be better asking Pittsburgh pirate questions at Ooh. this point, because at least one of us would get it. Oh, that would have been that would have been funny. Are you a uh, Pittsburgh Pirates fan? No, but oh. I know Matt knows sports trivia, so <laughs> at pirates, least someone would have gotten pirates some points nautical. On this. It's practically a nautical question. No, yeah. Mariners would also be a good tie-in. Yeah. Mariners. Something about boats, right? Is that what we're doing? I forgot. Yeah, a Blackbeard's boat. Hey. The boat of Blackbeard. No fans of Blackbeard here, apparently. No fans. No fans. His fan base has been suffering as of late. You can, yeah. the the fan club shrinks every year. Yeah, his old stuff was better. If we're honest. <laughs> his old his, his first stuff. album. Yeah, <laughs> we should get a jump start at r slash Blackbeard. Oh, uh, probably exists. I only said it because I, I thought it, it might. R slash Blackbeard. Yes, it's it's very, very clever, good. but it's very also good. Reddit. Yeah, I feel like I just ruined how clever that was by mentioning or by by explaining on it. There yeah. is a there is a Reddit. That's uh, okay. Just patronize our viewers or our <laughs> gradual listeners. Blackbeard. I'm just trying to patronize you. Jeff seems to be writing. Matt still thinking. Yeah, still thinking. Um, yeah, we're gonna need the answers in shortly. I yeah. I thought and I came to the conclusion that I have no idea. So I just wrote something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Matt on this one. Yeah, I have no idea. I put Blackbeard's boat. Blackbeard's boat. Um, so going off the Pirates of the Caribbean theme, I wrote Black Pearl, Black Pearl. on the off chance that that's actually correct. No, that's not no. correct, unfortunately. <laughs> it is the Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh. Famous ship. I have heard that, at least. It's a great name. Yeah. You got a real barn burner here. It was, here. It was uh, formerly known as the Concord uh, when it was uh, an English vessel, I believe. And then it was captured by uh, the French, renamed. And uh, given to Blackbeard. And he renamed it a third time, or a second time, I suppose. Queen Anne's Revenge. So he's like the uh, the Sean Combs of the pirate world. Right, exactly. Uh, so we have, with one question... That's what question, they called him back in the that's day. That's what they did call him, yeah. <laughs> uh, with one question left in the first round, uh, Jeff has 30, Matt has 20. So close game. All right. And the final question in the C round. The Sea of Tranquility is a location that is associated with what astronomical body? I knew this before you said astronomical body. All right. So Jeff, feeling confident here. As is Matt. We are in right away. All right. Let's have the answers. Let's start with Jeff. Um, um, I will tie this back with Sailor Moon and go with uh, Futuramas were whalers on the moon, and it was definitely the moon. All right. And how about Matt? Yep. Also put the moon. All right. Looks like we have... uh, both contestants getting the answer right as we move into the midpoint round. 
Yeah, so we have uh, a score of 40 to 30. Jeff is in the lead. And uh, the first and last question of the round were the only ones they both got right together. So, yeah. okay. Starting, ending strong. That's nice. important. So golf and the moon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Neil Armstrong. Was I was going to say, now we could go to, um, oh, I always forget his name. Who was it who played golf on the moon? Not Neil, not Neil Armstrong. Or Bud yeah, they were Bowman. just trying to figure that that stuff out. By the time they, they landed there, they weren't about to be like, ah. Oh. Let's get cocky and play golf. Up was there. it Gene Cernan who played golf? It was uh, Alan Shepard. That's the one. There you go. The nine of the two that everyone knows. Thank you, fact checker Neil. There you go. Okay, so for the midpoint question today, we are going to do what's called a tug of war. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for a list, and our competitors are going to switch off naming items off the list till somebody runs out of answers, and then the, the person who can keep answering gets that many more points. Um, so each each answer will be worth 10 uh, points, but the answers also cancel. So, for example, if somebody was able to come up with four answers and another six, the person who came up with six answers would get 20 points. So today's tug-of-war question involves Kurt Vonnegut novels. There are 14 total, and we are going to ask you to name as many as you can. We are going to start with Matt, as he is down in the scores right now. This is uh, one of those categories where I mentioned earlier that I'd be embarrassing myself in. Uh, I probably don't know any, uh, so I'm going to say Choke, and I'm pretty sure that's Chuck Palahniuk. But it is Chuck Palahniuk. Yes, and that's all, right. all I have. That is Chuck Palahniuk, and we're going to move on to Jeff and see how many he can name now. Uh, so he can just run up the score right now if he knows No, he knows I mean, uh, well, uh, I, I know Slaughterhouse-Five. Okay, that's one for Jeff. Does Matt have another opportunity, yeah. or I just run with no, it? No, you just run with it if you, if you know more. We're going to put a little, little... Cat's Cradle. Cat's Cradle is another. How many more can he come up with? Can he keep going? Well, this isn't going as bad for me as I thought it he's, was. He's going to run out of steam pretty uh, quick here. Um, thought we might have a, a few more answers here. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the only two I've read, so... <laughs> All right. We're going to give you five more seconds to uh, come up with another one before we reset the timer. That's fine. I will... Uh, I'll tap out here. All right. Jeff's tapping. So, in order, we have Player Piano, The Sirens of Titan, Mother Knight, Cat's Cradle, God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, or Pearls Before Swine, Slaughterhouse-Five, or The Children's Crusade, A Duty Dance with Death, Breakfast of Champions, or Goodbye Blue Monday, Slapstick, or Lonely No More, or excuse me, Lonesome No More, Jailbird, Dead-Eyed Dick, Galapagos, a novel, Bluebeard, the autobiography of Rabo Karabakian, and Hocus Pocus and Timequake. All right, so there you have it. We are going to run up Jeff's score of 20 more points, giving him a total of 60 and Matt a total of 30 going into the next round. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. All right. So hearing all of those titles, those were the only two I was going to get. That was it. (laughs) I think I probably could have got maybe five or six of those. Yeah. Maybe. I've read a few. I like them. But uh, moving on nonetheless, the second round theme is going to be called Film and Film Adjacent. 
I don't see. I wish I was playing. This is fun. So some of them are actual film questions, but most of them are just just film adjacent with the films thrown in as hints for you, more or less. The first one is an actual film question, though. Real-life convict turned actor Edward Bunker played what character in the 1992 film Reservoir Dogs? Edward Bunker. Well, I know it's not Mr. Pink, and that's as far as I got. All right. How are we looking there? Not good. Is that... A good answer. <laughs> Jeff, any ideas? I know you've seen the film. That is a statement of fact. That doesn't mean I've retained it after mm-hmm. 10 years. Okay. Yeah, I saw it drunk maybe like six, seven years ago. So it's on my it's on my like Netflix queue or whatever. Probably it started having a Netflix queue. All right, Jeff's writing down a guess. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got a guess. Since uh, Jeff's in first place, let's start with Matt on yeah. this. Uh, I just put uh, Mr. Black. Okay, Mr. Black. I want Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. So Mr. Black is not a character in the film. Mr. Brown is played by Quentin Tarantino. Edward Bunker played Mr. Blue. Mm. He's not uh, in the movie as much as the other guys, but uh, he's in the diner scene at the beginning and uh, a couple other scenes in the film. Again, not not one of the main, main, like, four or five guys. Yeah. I was happy that at least it was a colored name and I didn't feel too Yeah. Pretty good guesses on both of your parts. It would have been really mean if he picked a... It's like Jerry. Like, ah, damn it. All right. Next question. According to Vocative, a data mining news organization, as of February 2015, what individual has received the most thanks in Academy Awards acceptance speeches? What individual has received the most thanks in Academy Award acceptance speeches by mentions of name? FYI, God was sixth. Okay. Let's scratch that off. And it's a it's a proper name. Yeah. That's a great clarification. I will not be crossing out my answer. I thought that was very amusing that God was sixth. Yeah, God was definitely my first guess. If it was the Grammys, then it would have been. Uh, yeah. That's oh, weird. I was correct. Oh, good. It, okay. It's number one for the Grammys? No, no, just what the answer is out Neil, in my head. Neil knew it. I knew Unfortunately, it. he's not playing I'm not playing, today. though. My I personal was... points are racking up. I was thinking it was mom until you said it was a proper name. That's why I asked that clarification because I thought that mom might That's a really been... good clarification, actually, because that, that would be a, an interesting answer. Okay. Yeah. How are we looking on the uh, answers here? I mean, I have something. Okay. Uh, Jeff, you're in as well. Let's start with Jeff. Yeah. Not looking good, um, but I know he's done a lot of movies. Um, I think a lot of people owe him credit for inspiring some of their careers. I want Steven Spielberg. Steven mm, Spielberg. And what do we have for uh, that? I said Scorsese. Both great filmmakers, and both, I believe, in the top ten. The answer is Steven Spielberg. Uh, really? Yes. Awesome. But Scorsese was a good guess. I do, I do believe he was in the top ten on that mm-hmm. list. Well, a lot of people forget Steven Spielberg is a great director, but he's also a very prolific producer as well, and he mm-hmm. he has his hand in a lot of different films. So he also doesn't he own a special effects company <laughs> that does work for. Or does contracting work for... Well, he works a lot with ILM, yeah. He has a special relationship with them and George Lucas when George Lucas started ILM, yeah. Okay. Next question. The name of the film Full Metal Jacket is derived from what piece of military equipment? What is Full Metal Jacket reference? I'm in. Okay. Jeff is writing furiously. I have, I mean, I have some idea, but I'm pretty much toast on this one, so I'll write something down. Matt's taking a bit of a guess. Let's uh, start with Matt. <laughs> yeah, I, I just said a bulletproof vest. Bulletproof vest, not a bad guess. Uh, Jeff, what did you have? So I know that a jacket is the casing for a bullet, so I guessed a bullet. All right. That, uh, that is actually correct. Full metal jacket bullet is a type of ammunition that they used, especially in Vietnam, which the uh, movie is about. All right, moving on. The film Moneyball deals with the Oakland A's ascent using sabermetric approach to scouting during the 2002 season. Spoiler alert, the A's didn't win the World Series that year, but who did? 2002, right? 2002. At furiously writing down. No, no. You like that long diversion of a question, Jeff? Yeah. He's shaking his head. He's shaking his head. Well, I was hoping you would ask what team, and I was like, oh, Oakland A's. Got it. No big deal. too easy. Yeah. Billy Bean, correct? Billy Bean. Yeah. That was the answer I wrote down first and crossed out because I thought that's what the question was. Brad Pitt Pitt eating his way through that movie as as per usual. Always eating. Was that number two on your Brad Pitt movie? Maybe. It's a good one. It's up there. Yeah, for you listeners, if you never noticed this, anytime you watch Brad Pitt perform, just watch how much he eats on camera. 
and you'll never forget it. It's funny you should say that because you you said that, and the first thing that came to my mind is him eating a sandwich in I think it's a sandwich in Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. I think when he's talking about or you the know poker any game of his Topher movies. Grace. Well, it's funny because that like immediately I could think of a scene where he was eating. So obviously, I think, I think he he was even getting a little peckish at the end of Seven. Best Brad Pitt movie. It's top three for sure. Not All right, his, any guesses here, Jeff? Not from his personal credit, but... Well, you have like 30 guesses. Yeah, fair enough. No, 29, right? Yeah, and it's probably not the Cubs. I know that much about baseball. All right, uh, I know they won a different season, but I'm just going to go with it anyway. Just writing, and we're going to start with him. So I went with the Mariners. I believe they won in 2004, but... Mariners, not a bad no, guess. No, not in four. They haven't won in, in a long time. When was the last time they won? The 70s. Were they good in 2004? They were good, yeah. They, uh, they had 116 been. wins in 2001. Um, so 2002, if I remember correctly, was the Angels versus the Giants in the World Series. And I'm pretty sure it was the Angels, so I said the Angels. All right. Looks like Matt knows his sports, and he's going to catch up to Jeff a little bit here. Can we get a score recap, maybe, Neil? Right. So uh, second round here, Jeff has gotten two questions right uh, for an extra 20 points. Matt with one question right with an extra 10. Yeah. Scores right now are 80 to 40. Jeff in the lead. All right. So next is the uh, film and video game question. Ooh. In the video game Bioshock, genetically modified humans surgically grafted into diving suits serve as adversaries. They are known by a name that may bring an Adam Sandler film to mind. What are they called? Adam Sandler movie. See, now I feel like I don't know it. All right, so I have no idea. I've okay. not played Bioshock, but I've got an answer, so. Yeah. Um, I just want to run through a few Adam Sandler movies and see what yeah. you're coming up with. Oh, yeah. Now I got it. Yeah. Thanks. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, All right. I knew it was something. Okay. Let's get the answers starting with Matt. Yeah, so I, I knew that, I thought that they were called mothers at first, and then as soon as I started going through the Adam Sandler question, that's when I got to Big Daddy. Okay, Jeff, what did you have? Ah, uh, see, I went Waterboy. Waterboy. See, I wrote this question, the answer is Big Daddy, first of all. I wrote this question without Waterboy in mind, and when I asked this question to a friend, like, oh, hey, I'm doing this trivia thing, he said Waterboy, and I go, ooh, that's devious mm-hmm. on accident, because I didn't even mean that. Yeah. But it is Big Daddy. Yeah. They're Maybe called should... uh, Happy Gilmore's, actually. Happy Gilmore's. <laughs> I was thinking stuff. Billy Madison's. Or Little yeah. Nicky's. Yeah. <laughs> Little Nicky's actually wouldn't be the worst. So there are, there are a couple possible answers in there, but I was not even thinking about Waterboy. And I was like, oh, that's that's devious on accident. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed Medulla that question. Oblongata. There you go. All right. Moving on to the next question. What landmark, which completed construction in 1889 and was featured the same year as the entrance to the World's Fair, was destroyed in the following films? Mars Attacks, Armageddon, Team America World Police, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. All fantastic films. Especially Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So I've only seen a few of those movies, but I'm pretty sure this was built and finished in 18... You said 1889? 1889 is the year I have. Okay, then I'm almost positive of my answer. Okay. The movies do nothing for me, actually, so... All right, um, uh, we'll start with Jeff on this one. So I believe the Eiffel Tower... Was completed in 1889. Okay, we're going to say Eiffel Tower for Jeff. Yeah, and I was thinking World's Fair 1889, and I was thinking that it was in St. Louis, but now that I'm thinking about it, that was in 1908 or something. So I put St. Louis Arch, which I now realize is probably wrong. Okay, the answer is Eiffel Tower. I only knew that because of the year. Iconically destroyed in many, many films. Mm -hmm. I I really only knew that because of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was meant as, as a hint, so... It worked out in your favor. Next question. What author's works include Death in the Afternoon and The Green Hills of Africa? He was also portrayed by Corey Stoll in Midnight in Paris. Corey Stoll, great up-and-coming actor, doing some good work. Yeah, good character actor, for sure. Not Feldman, right? Or Haim? No, he's not one not one of the Corys. Not one of the Corys, correct. Have you seen the film, or perhaps know the know the big pieces of, of literature? Either uh, way, it could help. Oscar winner for uh, Woody Allen for screenplay, who didn't show up. There you go. He was busy. Yeah, he's always busy. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right, I put in an answer. Yeah. Got a couple answers down. Yeah. We're gonna start with Matt. I just put Kurt Vonnegut because that's a name we talked about earlier. Kurt Vonnegut and Jeff. 
I went with Ernest Hemingway. Mm. Ernest Hemingway is the correct answer That's a much on this better one. Answer. Probably because it's right. It's funny. I, I couldn't think if it was right or not, but I, I know he had written some other texts um, that I had read. Did he do the one about Kilimanjaro? Was that uh, was that Hemingway? Or did I just... I'm not sure. Have you'll a, you'll a, need to specify. Did I have a loose association that was completely wrong and I got it right anyways? Perhaps. I don't remember seeing that He did one. do The Snow's Kill yeah. and Draw in 1961. Okay. So my, my, my thought was he had written about Africa. I think he had been there, maybe on safari. I know he was a bit of a world traveler, so. All right. Wow. Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Is that your Owen Wilson? <laughs> That's my Owen Wilson. That's yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Wow. Yeah, Paris. Beautiful. Yeah. Do we have a, do we have a swear jar for impressions, too? I like impressions. I think I think I'll allow it. I just think, all right. Post discretion. I can't do impressions. So this, so this if next I try one. this next question might be a little difficult, um, but uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. After all these cakewalks before, then this yeah. will be the difficult. Oh, we got we got some good we got some good pointage racking up yeah. here. I felt quite beat up by a few of these questions. All right, director and early innovator of special effects George Millais was thought to have produced how many films rounded to the nearest hundred? <laughs> if you guys have seen Hugo, I know of you'll know Hugo. he was he was featured in that film. Spoiler alert. To the nearest hundred? All right. Am I pronouncing the name correctly? George, George Millet? Millet? Yeah. Millet? Millet? You, I, I, probably Millet, yeah. Millet is French. Portrayed by Ben Kingsley. Google ought to be able to sort that out. So, rounded to the nearest hundred. He was a very old, very early filmmaker. So, Trip to the Moon is some of them wonderful. were, you know, just yeah, you know, not not full films, obviously, just kind of figuring out the medium. Some pretty impressive special effects for the time, though. Oh, he was an innovator. It could be Melier as Melier? well. Yeah, perhaps. So I have an answer. So, so all right. Matt has written a guess. I wrote two guesses and I crossed the first one out, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to go with this one. Well, I've written five guesses and crossed them all out. So. Okay, let's start with Jeff. So I was thinking if close to near 100, I was thinking it would be really high, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a really high answer and I thought, no, that's maybe too high. So I backed it down. I went uh, 800. Mm-hmm. 800. And how about you, Matt? Uh, I thought that he was a little more prolific than that and said 900. 900. Well, it's a little bit lower than both your guesses. It's actually around 500 films, mm-hmm. probably about 520, um, somewhere between 520, 530. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, guessing about, about uh, you know, the, some of the films haven't been maintained. They're not sure if he was actually uh, responsible for all of them, but most people, and he's, you know, most play, most sources credit him with between 520 and 530. So 500 was the answer quite proud of this question and only about 200 of them remain in, in existence today there you go. And, uh, if you have if you have a couple minutes you can watch a couple of those on netflix i think yeah and you might recognize a trip to the moon which i mentioned it's the uh the man's face on the moon with the the uh, rocket stuck in it yeah exactly they've, oh yeah they've colorized that haven't they yeah yes, they have colorized yes, yeah want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money well i've got the podcast for you I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel! 
Pat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Pat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right, so the next question is, in The Revenant... Leonardo DiCaprio's character is mangled by a bear. If the film had been written by A.A. A. Milne, what might that bear be named? <laughs> My coworkers laugh at me because I always do an impression of uh, in a Ritu talking about the bear. <laughs> no, I'll just bust it out. I'll go like, uh, when Leo had to fight the bear, he was cut up really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a really deep reference for film nerds, if you know the Great, director. great film. Really enjoyed that one. Missed out on the uh, best picture, but won well, several Leo, other Oscars. Leo worked his ass off for that worked Oscar. Worked his ass off. So that's still in my Netflix queue. What might that bear be named if it were written by A. A. Milne, Jeff? Matt has written an answer. Mm-hmm. I feel fifty-fifty on this one. He's fifty-fifty, which is better than my usual ten percent. This is once again just one of those misleading film questions. Yeah. Right. right. So I mean, we're both, I, we both have, have something written down. We're going to start with Matt. Uh, I said Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben. How about you, Jeff? I went with a different famous bear. I went Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is correct. Yeah. Pooh bear. Gentle Ben, not a nickname for no, Ben Roethlisberger. There's a great picture circulating the uh, the internet after that film came, came out of Leonardo DiCaprio with Winnie the Pooh mangling him. <laughs> I just like the idea of a bear named Gentle Ben mangling Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Are we cutting the off-color Ben Roethlisberger joke? All right. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He deserves the criticism. Of course he does. All right. Here's the next question. As of 2014, British prisoner, artist, and subject of the 2008 film Bronson, Charles Bronson, once again changed his name to show respect to one of his favorite artists. Who is this artist? And to clarify, I do mean um, visual artist. That's so, a good clarification because I was thinking somebody like Prince or something, and like that's not right at all. All so. right, yeah, we're we're looking for visual artists on this one, so um, yeah. Once again, we're talking about Charles Bronson, the British prisoner, who um, who also became an artist while in prison, not the actor. Mm-hmm. And the 2008 film Bronson is quite a semi-biographical film about him. Very good Tom Hardy accent. Um, interesting, interesting movie to say the least. So we're talking about visual artists. Somebody that he might revere and change his name to again. Charles Bronson is also not his real name. All right, I'm in with an answer. Okay, we were both locked in. We are going to start with Jeff. So I went with a visual artist that I have no idea if he has any association with. Okay. Uh, But I went Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. Not a bad idea. Kind of uh, matches the insanity there. Mm -hmm. And Matt... Uh, I went with Monet. Monet. All right, both good guesses. It is. Is it, is it Edvard Monk? It's Salvador Dali. Ah. So he's currently known as Charles Salvador, no longer Charles Bronson. And uh, born Michael Gordon Peterson. Yeah. So he keeps he keeps switching it up based on his mood. I would too if my middle name was Gordon. All right. Can we get the score recap going into the final round? Eh, skip it. So before going into the final round, uh, Jeff is going to have 110 points to work with. And Matt is going to have 50 points to work with. So make sure your wagers for your final round are only using the points that you've acquired. Okay, so for the final round, we're going to reiterate how it works one more time. I'm going to read off the categories of the questions. The competitors will have an opportunity to bet um, 0 to 30 points per question, but not exceeding the amount of points that they've earned in the game. And uh, we'll get the answers, and once that's all tallied up, we'll see who's the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. All right, so here are your categories for the final round. First one, NBA stats. Matt with a big smile on his face. (laughs) Next question, Pokemon. I mean, only if you promise to keep it to the first 151. Next question, Norse mythology. Next question is ad campaigns. And the last question is food science. And you can just show me your scores separately here. We're going to tally the bets before the the questions are given here so we know everything's being kept fair since there's a large 
deal of uh, money on the line today. Mm-hmm. Jeff, let me see what you have over there. The Unless million, you're still thinking about who will the million dollars go to? <laughs> Are wagers in? High stakes. No, I'm trying to think about point totals and. All right, Jeff is right, considering so Jeff, the a, math. You have 110 points to work with. So you sixty have to point bet all of He's got a Matt, sixty point lead, and he's Matt just has. he's just racking his brain to see how he can pull out the win on this one. I mean, you could bet zero across. That the would boards, be but lame. That is super lame. We'll call you a I'm chicken. So a little background on our trivia team. It's called Pain Don't Hurt, and every time we go, our motto is: at the end, we have a final Jeopardy question. We always bet everything. It's either we win by all of our points, or we lose with zero. That's right. Go big or go home. That's right. Second place is a loss. Yeah. Might as well. If you're not first, you're worst. Yeah, that's right. And other cliches. We're not really jerks. <laughs> <laughs> that's just our trivia persona. It's a persona. <laughs> if any of you know the reference, pain don't hurt, please email us at trivialitypodcast at gmail.com and uh, let us know. I'm curious to see if anyone recognizes All that. All right. Well, Jeff's bets are getting in here. I just realized I was covering over my wagers like it was some secret. Now, I could lose the game now. Now, we are going to read off the questions. And it, the and players are going to mark down now. answers, and we are going to go over the answers uh, once all the questions are read. All wagers are in. All right. So the first question, who is the only NBA player in history to average a triple-double over an entire season? Matt, confidently writing said the categories NBA stats so if you don't know them you shouldn't have bet Jeff <laughs> I didn't bet he's signed but he still wants to but get he it still, right he, he just, I still think I know he's it he's a knowledgeable guy and yeah. he must he must get it right second question is about Pokemon by numbered order what is the 10th listed Pokemon number 10 in the original obviously 10th listed yep. Pokemon yep okay next question in Norse mythology the future events encompassing the destruction and rebirth of the world is referred to by what name? One more time, please. In Norse mythology, the future events encompassing the destruction and rebirth of the world is referred to by what name? When I hear it, I'm going to be really mad at myself for not getting it More or right. less the Norse equivalent of, you know, the apocalypse or Armageddon. And next question is in advertising campaigns. Paul Marcarelli is an actor famous for appearing in the Verizon ads featuring the catchphrase, Can you hear me now? As of 2016, he is now appearing in ads mm-hmm. for what competitor of Verizon? So if you watch TV right now, you might get this one. And finally, food science. What is the name of the main chemical component that produces the burning sensation of chili peppers? The chemical component? We want the name of the, the, the component, yes. All right, I got it. Do you need time to go back to your other question? Yeah, my okay. NBA stats one. I'm going to think about the NBA question for a moment. And then we're going to go over the answers here. And I'm just going to look at him smugly. Find out who's the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Yeah, you're going to look at me smugly. It's funny. I, you'll say the name because I've got, I've got a picture of someone in my head, and the name is just not coming to me, and I'm pretty sure it's right, but I well, can't you tell zero, you. You have zero points on the line for that question? That is correct. I have zero All points. Right. So this is something he so really needs to get right. I really want to know that I'm right. Okay, <laughs> so let's go over the answers now. And we'll, uh, we'll tally the, uh, the points as we go. So let's have uh, the answer for the NBA question, Matt. So the answer for right now, and I say for right now because Russell Westbrook is currently averaging a triple-double, and if the season ends, he'd be the second person to do it, uh, is Oscar Robertson, the big O. Okay, that's correct. Um, I would not have Jeff, gotten that. Jeff, I don't believe, had an answer down. What were you thinking? Like Magic Johnson? No, I was thinking that? of um, who's the guy who played about the same time as Bill Russell? Wilt? Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Wilt again. He actually, so in the season that Oscar Robertson won the, M, or that he averaged a triple-double, he didn't win the MVP, and he actually ended up third in MVP voting behind Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, because <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain averaged almost 50 points a game. Yeah, I knew it was someone in that era, but I just couldn't, the, you know, the name wasn't coming to me. Yep. All right, so Pokemon, by number Pokemon, who's the 10th? What do we have? Jeff. So I worked it out of my head. Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur. Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, mm-hmm. Squirtle, Wartortle. I'm sorry, yeah, Squirtle, yeah. Wartortle, Blastoise, Caterpie. Caterpie. How about you, Matt? You said the 10th one, right? 10. And I screwed that up because I only put in for six um, starters. I said Butterfree. Butterfree. So. It is Caterpie. It is. All right. Uh, Norse mythology. 
What did we have for that question? We're going to start with Matt. Yeah, I had no idea, so I put Norse Mageddon. Okay, Norse Mageddon. Good guess. So I didn't write anything, but I would like to submit an incorrect answer, and I went Valhalla. I know that's like, you know, heaven essentially, but I don't know what the end time is. One we were going for was Ragnarok. Oh! Name of the new Thor movie, by the way. All right. How about, uh, can you hear me now? Mm -hmm. What do we have? Sprint. 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 All right. Both correct. And finally, chili peppers. Um, I put the compound N-O-P-E. Nope. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? You seem pretty confident. That would not be this. an element. I went with <laughs> capsaicin. All right. So capsaicin is correct. Okay. Let's see how the bids uh, racked out. Okay. So uh, Matt only wagered on the first and second questions. He wagered 30 points in question one and got it right. So that would be an additional 30 points. Second question, he wagered 20 points and answered incorrectly, so he lost 20 points. So for Matt's total score, 60 uh, is going to be 60. Good job, Matt. Hey, I did it. Nice game. Uh, and Jeff, it's who, always good when you finish in the positive. <laughs> Jeff wagered 20 points on question two and 10 points on question three, four, and five, getting questions two, four, and five correct. Uh, And his total is going to be 140 points. So our cream of the crop today with 140 points is Jeff. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Way to go, Jeff. Yeah. Pretty dominant game, but uh, valiant effort by Matt as Mm -hmm. well. Knew some of those tough sports questions. Yeah, I was pretty mad at myself about the Pokemon one. I don't think that there could be a better two category for me than NBA stats and Pokemon usually. <laughs> so. Well, you, you oh, bet the okay. We all we all make make mistakes. Yeah. We all have uh, little brain freezes. So, all right. Thank you for joining us on the uh, show today, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Ken. If you'd like to play along with our contestants, make sure to check out our Facebook page and download our official triviality score sheet that we use here in the studio. You can find us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod. And if you'd like to get in touch with us by email, send all messages to TrivialityPodcast at gmail.com. And if it's a question five submission, make sure you put that in the subject line. Of course, other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, on behalf of Ken, Jeff, and Matt, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Hear your names, Mr. Brown, Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Blue, Mr. Orange, Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Now listen up, Mr. Pink. There's two ways you can go on this job, my way or the highway. Now what's it going to be, Mr. Pink? <laughs>